Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about marketing, growing, and scaling your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're going to be talking about how to build out an internal training system to level up your therapist's clinical skills. But before we get into this episode, I want all the group practice owners out there and those who may be on the verge of starting a group practice know about the Group Practice Scaling Summit that I'm hosting on April 23rd and 24th this year in 2024 in beautiful Oak Park, Illinois. It's a day and a half where you get to grow your business owner skills. We're talking about how to hire amazing team members, how to fire team members, and what metrics you need to be tracking and to put in a dashboard to make sure your business is healthy and you don't have any blind spots. And we're gonna be talking a whole lot more as well. So many more topics to cover. I wanna think of this summit as a series of mini TED Talks where you get to listen to amazing content, but then you get to ask questions to the speaker and also learn from the wisdom of the group. We think community is important to the learning process, which is why we're limiting to only 50 attendees this year. If you need to level up as a business owner and grow as a leader, the Group Practice Scaling Summit is for you. Go to brandyourpractice.com summit, or just go to Google and type in Group Practice Scaling Summit and sign up today. Tickets are going fast. There's only 50 of them. All right, so back to today's topic, how to build out an internal training system to level up your therapist's clinical skills. And to help me do that is Susan Stutzman, the owner of Kid Matters Counseling in Hinsdale, Illinois, and also my lovely wife. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you. Hi, Brent. Hi, Hi listeners. Nice <laughs> to meet you. So this is going to be a preview of a longer talk that you're going to be giving at the Group Practice Scaling Summit. And the next few guests on the podcast are going to be those who are going to be at the summit speaking and giving you a little preview as well. So these are going to be in-depth conversations, but just kind of kind of um, give you a little more, so a little taste of what to expect at the summit. But you can also take some things for you to help grow your own practice. So Susan, I would love to jump into the topic at hand. And I want to start off with why. Why did you pursue building out an internal training system? Well, I am a niche practice. So I wanted to have consistency of care. And when you have a niche practice, it's important to know what you're selling and make sure that your product has consistency. Got it. And you were experiencing inconsistency in the product then and in, in your in the product of counseling? Well, when I first started um, practice, it was counseling for children and we were doing play therapy and you're selling something that you have a baseline of care. That's, that's really what I want to highlight is that if you have a specific product that you're selling, not just generalized counseling, like you're not going to a general medicine practitioner, you're getting open heart surgery. You want to make sure that they've had specific training in open heart surgery. If you're going to a child therapist, you want to make sure that they have some level of understanding with child development, the child's brain, et cetera. So um, it's important to actually have training so that you know what your clinicians are offering. Well, good. Well, let's dive a little bit deeper in here. What, what would you like to share as far as your the way you've been thinking about building out an internal training system and deploying it a little bit with your team. Sure. So I think I I touched a little bit on this already, but um, for general practice, 
you know, creation of a systematized onboarding and general policies is always important. I mean, that's just a given um, to be able to help people understand what they're what they're expected, what's expected of them, um, what they're supposed to be doing, what policies you have, right? Whether, um, and this is whether you're a child or a clinician or not, just having a policy on, a statement on touch, a statement on, on um, all different types of ways that you utilize therapeutic approaches and having general agreements. And so I find that it's important to um, take a look at specifically, because in my case, I have a niche practice, um, is that either I require someone to show me a, when I hire them, a level of knowledge through a third-party certification or through an extensive interview process of being able to work with children and families or create my own. And what I found is that there are a lot of certifications, but they don't always have a child component. And so it was really advantageous for me to create my own training program, which you helped me um, to develop easily through the platform Therisass, which I love because I can, I can input the training that I want my clinician to go through and it's seamless um, as far as a training platform, which is helpful. And so I, my thoughts were that it's worth creating my own because I don't, there's not something um, that is, that is out there on the market that goes through the specific processes that I want my clinicians to have and that I want to ensure that each um, person that comes through the door of my practice is getting. So that being um, providing a baseline consistency of care on what intakes look like, on what um, parent feedback sessions um, look like and how we provide that. Um, how clinicians understand, like we talked about a little earlier, child development, and how do we set goals for children that are different than adults? How do we talk about goal setting? Best practices for diagnosing children, because again, there's a whole ethical component that's different than with adults for diagnosing children, specifically um, to do no harm to a child, and is this going to affect their their um, record long-term and making sure that we have a conversation with parents. These are things that often aren't talked about if people even have training in child uh, work. And even if you get a certification like becoming a registered play therapist, it doesn't mean that you have an understanding of how to translate goals because you have some autonomy in the types of trainings that you choose. So I found that it's important for me to be able to have some control so that as a practice owner, I'm providing a level of care that I feel comfortable with, that I feel like is ethical. Got it. So there's really like, I, what I hear you saying, there's really like two things at once here. We talked about what is the content that you want to be able to, to make sure people are, you know, your team is reading and going through. Um, 
and also like the delivery vehicle, right? So you don't have to have multiple conversations all the time. So that's using a platform like Therasas or some sort of content management system. Um, well, inside Therasas, there's a membership course module that you can create coursework. And so uh, that's like the delivery mechanism. What are you doing as far as, um, well, I'm curious if you want to walk us through how you're thinking. I know you, you created a, like four different phases of training. Um, maybe help us understand how you conceptualize that. Like what's, what's the, yeah, have you frame that? And then also what does it look like for, what's like accountability, but it, you just, you know, you just don't want to give people a bunch of videos to watch and articles to read and then not have them process it. You know? Sure. And, and so I just want to make a clarifying statement that I typically, if someone comes to me and they're fully licensed and they are, they have been practicing play therapy. I still will ask them to go through my onboarding. I will, I still have them do my onboarding and I ask them to go through phase one and phase two. Phase one and phase two really are, this is how we do parent intakes and this is how we do assessment and write notes. And this is what you're, this is what we're going to look look for as you do this. And this is how we partner with parents here at Kid Matters. So um, there is general some general information, but it's super helpful. I feel like that for anyone to be able to do what whatever experience they have, they can breeze through it or they can take their time. However, with clinicians that are either interns or um, less experienced or newer grads, I've this the training program that I've created, yes, has not only the onboarding, but then these four phases that walk through different aspects of play therapy to be able to provide a baseline consistency of care, to be able to provide clear education that's measurable so that at the end there's a there of a learning pod. So let's say a week, right? They've read some things, they've they have watched some videos, they've attended a seminar, they have a test or they have to write an integration paper, or they have to bring a video of session to a um, an integrative time that they have set up that we walk closely with them, specifically for the first, um, first few um, phases of the POP. And then, we, uh, and then um, we have someone that is providing, that is um, the overseer and executor of the training, and then also someone that is providing licensure supervision, but also play therapy specific supervision so that we can, again, go over these things and one-on-one -on -one or in a group, see how these things are played out in their life. And if they're not reading or they're not comprehending, then we're gonna pick up on that. So there's multiple checks. Um, and then I, as the business owner, have monthly meetings where we go over what's called a goal alignment sheet. And we look at all of the things that they have agreed to, not just um, how many clients they see and how many, um, you know, if they got their notes done and if they, you know, were able to charge, but also what did you do in, in the um, training program? Um, where are you in that phase? What is, do you have any questions? Do you have any goals for yourself for integrating this material? Um, because we want to make sure that what we're selling is actually being delivered. 
And what I have experienced that is somewhat concerning to me is that um, that there are times when the then when there are gaps in education, especially with people getting services for children, where it's like, well, it's baptism by fire and you just do it. And there is a merit to learning by doing, but there's also a, a really important um, stewardship of being able to have now have knowledge and help people. And if you're if you are offering a certain type of service to deliver that. Um, so we've created these things and and it's not perfect, but along the way we've realized, oh, we need a goal alignment sheet or, oh, we need to have these specific checks or we need to have these certain tests. And it's it has been a learning process for me too um, in this whole endeavor. But I think that providing clear education that is measurable and um and what you want your clinicians to know is going to provide you peace of mind at the end of the day that this product that you're delivering, this council, is um, is being is being offered and delivered the way that you are selling it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for every practice owner to think through, you know. Uh, it's probably not a good uh, analogy, but you know, the reason why a McDonald's hamburger tastes the same in Illinois as it would in Ohio or California is they have like standard training. You know, well, I think it is. I, I do think it's a, it's a wonderful way to think about it. I mean, I was a manager at Starbucks for many years and I think that that really influenced the way that I run my private practice. And because I went through, um, I went through the recession at Starbucks and they cut, shut the whole place down everywhere in America for two hours to train everybody again on how to make a perfect espresso shot or how, you know, these different things. And it's like, if we don't have our basics, if we don't know the specific things, this isn't to say that every therapist can deliver it a little bit differently, right? but there's, but if you go in to Starbucks and you order an Americano, like, or you were talking about McDonald's, right? In Illinois, it should taste the same in Hong Kong. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it, because the recipe is the same. Now the experience, the ambiance, all of the, all the barista, it's all going to be different, but you want to make sure that, especially when working with children and parents, if there's best practice, ethical care, it's important that you don't deviate just because you think that it's that it's cool or it's necessary. And yes, there the other thing that I do want to highlight is that you have to continue to update your training program because there are going to be changes. There's going to be new information. There's going to be new neuroscience data. There's going to be um, more norms. There's going to be like. For instance, when COVID happened, there were different presenting issues and concerns that were happening in children and being able to understand that in light of child development is super important. Now, I'm not saying that I know everything at this point, but it has to, we have to have a starting place so that we have a baseline consistency. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's exactly right. So if you order a cappuccino, you know, 
it's going to taste the same, but you know, there might be some uh, foam art on the top, you know, a little bit of artistic work. Right. So there's, I know in the art of play therapy is like, it's, there's some improvisation there that you have to go with, but the baseline experience for how children are healing, finding, you know, getting healed and getting help and how parents are being resourced that can be standardized and there can be a system for that. So I think as group practice owners out there, even just for, you know, solo practice owners, like having some sort of start writing down, what is a, what is a, um, what does the onboarding process look like? Cause this is going back to your brand identity. And if you have your whole team delivering high quality care, because you've put some things in place that standardize, um, the processes from training to even getting more, uh, clinical training, not just the, you know, onboarding, you know, inner office stuff, but also helping them become really great therapists and thinking that through, because I think group practice owners, you know, they get into being a group practice, uh, because they love helping clients and they've really thought through how people change and they have a lot to offer the world. So like what you're doing is kind of standardizing this because you have grown as a therapist. You've taken, I know you've gotten a ton of certifications and there's a lot more information that, uh, you want your team to know. And so you've, you've created a curriculum. It sounds like there's four phases. And then there's you have the deliverability asset, which is you're using Therisass. And then you also have the accountability side. So I want everyone's listening as we're wrapping up to kind of be thinking, you know, what could I be doing to help standardize things across my practice and, and resourcing my clinicians so they can be amazing therapists and providing consistent care? Because if you can get that, uh, that's going to grow your brand and people are going to want to come to your practice instead of the competition because you do provide wonderful care. And as a practice owner, you kind of, you kind of have a pretty good idea what that looks like and you're imparting that knowledge to others. So, uh, so if you feel like you need to level up your yourself as a business owner and grow as a group practice, uh, owner, then I want you to go and check out the group practice scaling summit. Susan, I know you're going to go dive even deeper into this. You're going to get into the phases. You're going to talk about that onboarding. You're going to talk about that training. You're going to talk about how it keeps, you know, the accountability side and all those different mechanisms that creates a really great internal training uh, program for your clinicians. So, yeah. And I'll also, and I'm looking forward to it and I hope to see many of you there. We'll talk also about the cost benefit analysis and why it matters. And if it's something that you want to do in-house or if you want to, um, outsource some of it as well. But I really do think that it's worth thinking about for the longevity of any business, how to implement a training program so that you know um, the baseline quality of care that you are providing and the clinicians that you hire are providing as well. Yeah. And I'll say this too. I, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap up here, but I was just thinking because you've niched down with children, you can have something very specific. But if you're a generalist, excuse me, you can have a small training session or at least, a, um, yeah, like an internal training module or something where it's just focused on couples counseling or maybe it's working with children or working with teens or individuals, whatever it might be. You could have like different, like choose your own adventure, <laughs> depending on what the specialties that your clinicians have as you're kind of a more generalist practice. So, um, so lots of different ways you can go. So go to uh, brandyourpractice.com slash summit or just Google group practice scaling summit and sign up today. Tickets are going fast. Susan, how can find me, more, more people find out about you? Where would you like to send them? Mm, they can find out more about me at kidmatterscounseling.com, at playtherapytoolbox.com. I do trainings there. 
and um, they can listen to my blog. That sometimes listen to a blog or read a blog or listen to a podcast. Listen to a podcast. (laughs) They can do all types of stuff, but they can find me primarily at Susan Stutzman. I'm sorry, not Susan Stutzman at KidMattersCounseling.com. All right, thank you so much. All the content on the Branger Practice podcast and website and other media reflects my own opinions and should not be taken as legal advice, financial advice, or investment advice. Please seek the guidance of a professionally trained and licensed individual before making any decisions. Some links in the description may be affiliate links. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone, and please join me for the next time on the Branger Practice podcast.